Well, here we are, day six of the Hay Festival and typical weather for Hay Festival and I'm joined by the man that's completely responsible for this atrocious weather, brought all the way back up from the delightful Rhonda Valley in South Wales, Terry Wilson. Yes. I thought I was going to leave it behind this morning, but why should we have it all when other people are complaining they apart? So I brought it along in the boot, plenty of water, just what you want. And, you know, I would have been completely unhappy if the sun had been shining. I'd have been, uh, been worrying right. what I could have been doing You're on right. the allotments instead of being here on this wild expanse of hay on white. I know, and, and the uh, the worst thing is, of course, the delightful Mark Eccleston, ace photographer, has joined us today, and he's looking up at me, starry-eyed, <laughs> thinking, what on earth am I doing here? Because he, Mark's come all the way across from near Telford to build a habitat fire with some, some kids, which we can hear sort of the nice little voices echoing in the background. So hopefully they'll be... Uh, they'll be turning up en masse later on in about an hour and a half or something I to can imagine there'll be thousands of them thing. Yeah. when yeah. Barney the dinosaur's finished then it'll be waiting to make the piles so what do you think of the garden then guys because this is the first time that both of you have seen it I think isn't it thus far yeah I mean I didn't realise it was a permanent thing and it, uh, it looks really great you know it, rather than being made just for a couple of weeks it, the being permanent it looks really really good and fits yeah. in very nicely yeah, it is fantastic I mean I'm really pleased the way it's turned out this year and I think we've had the right the right mix of sunshine and rain <laughs> last year the balance wasn't quite right you know but uh, this year things are looking good and in fact the forecast for tomorrow and the rest of the week is looking particularly bonny so fingers crossed eh? do the uh Meteorological stuff as yeah, well. That's rather clever. told it was going to be nice. <laughs> hey, should we three of us go out and have a look round? And uh, a, you can't escape, Mark. You're, you're t- okay. We, we'll leave you in here, and Terry and I will okay. go out and have a have a, uh, have, a have a butcher's you have to wave. <laughs> just shout from the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you say you've been here six days. When are you going to start on this garden? <laughs> very good. Very good. Is it, the, to uh, me, this looks like. Wild weeds? Is it wild weeds or <laughs> wild not? Wild weeds. Uh, a bit subjective that expression, Terry. Is it? Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, that's right. Natural garden. There's a natural, natural garden. This is a natural is, uh, garden. Embraces all things that have a place that creates space for nature. So this this essentially is about as biodiverse as a garden could possibly be. All oh, right. So this is this this was founded back in 1947 in the Rwanda Gardens. All these people used to hate gardening to have natural after, gardens. Just a couple of years after the war, you know, after after the after Swansea had been bombed and it started to. to so they have these natural gardens, yeah. which were full of grass and full of these natural flowers. But I do I do notice that what are these sort of weird looking sort of Glues to my left. What do you think of them? Well, they look quite good, but what are they? I mean, well, they're, uh, they're well, I've called them willow bowers, but uh, but they've had various names uh, over the last few days. People have called them twigloos and things like that. Twigloos, so, uh, right? Yeah, but but I came, you know, between. Well, between Christmas and New Year, a couple of days I took to, to build those. Very easy, lots and lots of interest in those. I think uh, it could very well be a, a wiggly product next well, year. You're going to buy your own, buy your own little bungalow. You can see you can, when yeah. the kids don't behave and you put them in there, if you keep them in them in two hours, all this grows and they're completely enclosed. That's, they, that's they can't run around that's anymore. That's and, uh, you know, the interesting thing is that they've been used loads and loads. You know, you can see they've got these wonderful little runs through them that the yep. kids have really enjoyed when the sun's been shining. So it's a fantastic thing, you know, to be able to build something like that and for the space to be to be used as it should be and of course all the periphery of the garden is so wonderfully pink and folks have been saying how do you get all this wonderful ragged robin but but of course if you look around you i mean it's kind of misty but there are hills surrounding us where? and essentially this is where? this is where? this where? is a kind of a, a, a sink you know for, for all things moisture all oh, right and, and ragged robin tends to really enjoy oh, it's really moist toes, over the place, toes. It? It really, yeah yeah really has, i mean that 
the vivid pink of that and that little delicacy really makes it look to get you get much of that in the valleys or? not at all he wouldn't survive we eat it we don't care what we eat when times are hard I know that when I come well, right what is this sort of medieval burial mound with these sort of strange looking gravestones on it they look like well done on a tub well you know Heather spoke to Jules and said oh you know she had a fantastic idea that we could get a load of wellies and use them as planters because obviously Jules do these this wonderful array of brightly coloured boots so they said, yeah, yeah, we've got millions of odd boots. You know, you're more than welcome to have. So they posted a load, and Hev was busy. You know, these tomatoes, those black crim that you oh, uh, enjoyed growing from last, year. last year. From yeah, uh, from Megan. Megan in yeah. the States. Yeah. Oh, right. so you, you wanted to keep some seed for two years. I well, I kept them in the fridge, the seed. And right. then, of course, I planted them off in the usual theme with tomato seeds. You plant them all, they all come. <laughs> and uh, I brought a load of plants over for Hev, and she, she planted them up. So the idea is to uh, create all these little footprints, really, that the children oh, could, so, could so, come. So this is a real children-friendly garden, it is a children friendly one, but it's it's also I think you'll find it's relatively sophisticated in some respects. Where this? Uh, <laughs> Where's the this, show me, this show button, me the sophisticated This button that you called a, a medieval a medieval barrier round. Yes. Well, I, I came out and I, I what I did here is I, I in order to give it some shape, I bent willow over underneath. So, right. so essentially, it's got a, a kind of willow skeleton. Right, and then you and, uh, put it's, compost it's, on the top. Uh, right? Yeah, and, and um, well, no, what we did put soil on the top because there's a whole oh, massive right. great mound of soil on the other side of the site. Right. So there's quite a lot of barrowing involved one day. Uh, and then Jody came out and uh, did this uh, wonderful wildflower turf around the edge. And you see all the top here, it's been inundated with chamomile. Oh, so you're going to make a nice little sitting So yeah, that's it? exactly what you're it is. So the children are relaxing them in oh, the car. A chamomile bum seat. Yes, yeah, so a chamomile <laughs> bum seat, yeah, certainly. So it's a nice, a nice, uh, nice, uh, a nice these smell. These really make it look attractive. You don't need any plants with these sort of wellingons. Yeah, you've got no. some natural aesthetic view. It doesn't care about the weather. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful designed thing. For, designed for wet weather. It's a great Wellington thing. Garden. Wellington Garden. Well, a guy asked me yesterday, <laughs> could, he, uh, could he grow potatoes in, in Wellingtons? Uh, what would, what would, my, my answer was probably, uh, I was you know, slightly ironic, I seem to remember, but uh, what would you say when someone says, uh, uh, what sort of crop would you well, like I mean, to get I mean, you wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on surviving the winter on a crop, you got to do one Wellington, <laughs> would you? I mean, it depends what grows in the toe, wouldn't it? I mean, you yeah. cut the toe, and then you go one potato at the bottom. <laughs> you're probably better off eating the potato, the yeah. seed potato yourself. I think you're right. But I then you've got all right. these little raised beds with them full of these yeah. delightful looking plants that look extremely Healthy. I'm a big fan of raised beds, you know. I mean, these oh, are these are this classic raised beds, raised beds of a garden. No, like I, t- I totally disagree with that. It's you okay, know, you when you're in a show garden <laughs> when you've got you want plenty of space for people to walk. I mean, even on the on the but path you are there, you could grow. It's a practical way of growing things, you know. You don't have to you don't have to go onto the beds. You don't have to dig the beds. I mean, all that time you spend with your poor old back. I mean, your poor old bones would be so much better if you terraced your no, your allotment. And but I can't eat anything off the path. You've got to have ground. I mean, pounds are something which is a no-no. I mean, you can't. Uh, you have to have them in small amounts, but they have to be movable and they have to be tiny. I mean, look at it. You've got more path than you have edible ground. Uh, well, uh, but in this instance, of course, this is a space that's created to be as accommodating as possible. So there had to be a balance between. I can appreciate. You need that. a throng of visitors, and equally, they need to be able to observe the, the opportunities. That yeah, they can, as a showpiece, to encourage people to come out here and grow vegetables. Then yes, they look good, but then they go away and they do exactly the same, and then they. Recreate this mass of pals with little or no ground and mass of pals. You'd be better off growing on the pals and walking on the raised beds. I mean, you get far more crops. Well, because the other thing you get from these, uh, you know, if you do it, this is uh, these wonderful cobbles that these raised beds have been set in. And if you have little mats of wild thyme and the like growing in these, and it's a wonderful thing, don't you think? 
Turn that over and have a nice little crop of potatoes in there. Well, you know, and the little purple and white <laughs> flowers of the potato, and underneath would be these little swelling white jewels of potatoes you could be eating. No, I think this is a most wonderful thing, you know. And, and uh, what's really interesting, another thing I heard this this week, somebody said to me uh, about plantains. In fact, I think it was Sorrel Everton from, from Gardens Australia because she wants to grow more plantains in her garden. Right. And one of the most common things that people moan about about ribwort plantains in their wildflower turf. Now, if you look at that. If you look at the head of that plantain, isn't that a wonderful thing? You've got that wonderful miniature cylinder that's coming to a point at the top and these beautiful little uh, petals on the end of those lovely, tall, delicate stamens. Don't you think that's a lovely thing, though? No. You've got no soul. You've got no soul. Got a, I mean, how, uh, could you, how could you enthuse over something that looks sort of, that's absolutely to me, wonderful. really insignificant? I mean, look at it. No. If that was, if that was <laughs> going, if that was going <laughs> amongst my carrots, no. I'd pull it out. No. <laughs> Well, I know you would. I know you would. It's going to keep a flock of sheep. <laughs> okay, when then it comes to gardening, I'm a philistine. If you if you look at these, right, here's a test for you. Now you are definitely uh, the experts of, of all things brassica-like. Yeah. What are, what are those? One of those. Because I, I didn't look at the label before they went in, and I wasn't sure what type of brassica. I mean, they're obviously doing really well, and they're filling out beautifully. They've yeah. got lovely green well, fleshy got, leaves. You, you, those over there are savoys. Right. That's definitely a Savoy on that side because it's got that crinkly leaf. Blimey. So you can honestly tell the difference between yeah, that, this that, half that, and that, that half. That is definitely a Savoy. Okay. And that looks like a cauliflower or, or a broccoli or um, one of these sort of cut and come again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they clearly, you can clearly distinctly tell. I mean, the only time you cannot tell a cabbage from the rest of the varieties is in this seed leaf stage. Yeah. As soon as the main leaf forms, if that was a Brussels sprout, you'd have a round sort of plate shape leaf okay the cauliflower gets a longer shape leaf cabbages the different types are more difficult to distinguish but that to me certainly looks like a savoy right right so, am i right or am i wrong I, th- I think you're absolutely right i'm going to take your word for it because i'm not i'm not entirely yeah. sure myself the only way i'm going to find out is if i take a couple home and plant them in the garden yeah they're uh, going to take some while but i mean i would say they are some sort of broccoli it's an interesting thing right last year i went over to markey's who's just come out and joined us now in the rain and uh, and <laughs> in the rain and mark mark's got a couple of raised beds in his, in his garden you know <laughs> which is a good thing you were spreading and, and, the wrong uh, gospel and, and, and Mark was uh, was growing some well, they, were they Brussels sprouts you go last year they were cabbages they were, they were inundated with caterpillars weren't they yeah and you've said to me and exactly a a, I've said it before you've yeah. said that um, you're not going to grow them anymore because you end up having to kill the caterpillars that you really enjoy looking at yeah which goes so, against uh, the against grain of, it, yeah. of natural gardening squishing the caterpillars <laughs> for us it's kind of funny because Terry <laughs> raises his eyes to the sky thinking what are these two oh, nodders I love about. the cabbage white butterfly. Don't get me wrong; I would miss him if he wasn't flying around. But I'm quite happy if he goes and has his brood on somebody else's. <laughs> or if you can grow some nasturtiums, then have a nibble on the nasturtiums, which are the alternative. But if he starts nibbling my Brussels sprout, <laughs> watch out! I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm like Sylvester Stallone out there. <laughs> we got no chance. <laughs> right then, Terry. Here's a test for you. Yeah. What? Uh, any idea what this is going to turn out? to be at the end of today a bonfire <laughs> oh, well. it's cold and wet today so a nice bonfire possibly, a nice bonfire would have been a nice bonfire would go down a tree <laughs> we could have some sausages some kindling on the top we could have some sausages on there a nice little bit of warmth what more do you want I mean that's real useful a bit of wood I can see the value in it well what we have got are some bricks 
and some hollow pipe, some clay pipe, a bag of straw and some split logs and some sycamore logs. And I do believe that Farmer Phil actually picked these up physically, his, his self, without using really? a machine, that and put them into, uh, into, uh, putting them into a, a trailer, which is, uh, yeah, is quite something. So, uh, so he's, he's, he's obviously That's made an effort on himself, for, for you, Mark. For you. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, it's the significance yeah. that they're sycamore logs in to be honest, the significance is that uh, it was a tree that uh, lent itself to being cut down. Oh, uh, right. There was no, so, no uh, significance. Uh, this log <laughs> yeah, pile has right. to be made of sycamore logs. In some respects, sycamore is quite a good thing. It does deteriorate quite quickly. Right. So uh, it's not going uh, to stand the test of time like a, like a fallen ash or a fallen oak. Wood. So is that someone over the slugs to hibernate? Well, Mark's going to tell us. What, what, give us a lowdown, Mark. It's a slug pile, yeah. Give us a lowdown. What, what is this, uh, this, this pile this, of detritus? This, this pile of stuff is, is like an example of uh, what you might have knocking around your own garden or whatever. And it's going to be turned into a, like a log pile, habitat tower type thing. Okay. So who's going to live in the habitat? We're going to have uh, slugs. Definitely right. a good, good place for slugs. Good place for slugs. So um, they, can, they don't go far to walk for breakfast. It, they, <laughs> they're quite convenient for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> we got so, all sorts of uh, insects to be in there. You got your spiders, your, uh, your beetles. So you're, you're going to have beneficial stuff as well as uh, some of the stuff you might not particularly want. But despite all the joking and that, I have a log pile in my garden. And it's, I love it because I get the stag beetles and God knows what living in it. Do you? Yeah, and they come out and they eat the slugs. So I do have a, I do have a log pile at the behind that old tree. It's a nice little balance, really. It is, yeah. 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 Fantastic. I think a little it, place where you can get a nice little hedgehog to move in. Or I'm going to say there, it's not the stag beetles that are coming out and eating your slugs. I, I feel as though I need to spend more Isn't time uh, educating uh, you about all things invert. Who's like, eating my slugs? Uh, <laughs> possibly the ground beetles. Ah, ground beetles yeah, are there, not the stag beetles. Stag beetles. Ground beetles. Stag beetles, beetles uh, the beetle larvae tend to live in uh, rotting wood for several years before they emerge as those glorious big yeah, beasts. Yeah, but uh, but oh, yeah, right. you get various little ground beetles and those scurrilous little guys will come out and feast on your slugs, certainly. Oh, right. Yeah. So this ramshackle pile of logs and pipe and straw what's it going to look like when it's finished Mark? I haven't a clue but uh, <laughs> have, you got a, sort of... have you not been driving over from Telford <laughs> thinking right I need to build that in the shape of you know an Egyptian pyramid or, funny enough uh, no <laughs> but I was really? thinking look at the rain clouds but uh, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Com- completely you yeah, <laughs> there, is. <laughs> there is that there is that indeed but then um, um, do you bring do you bring all these little animals along with you then to put in there or do they find it themselves I, a couple of but I've got them a few in my pocket. I've got, got a few, few slugs and uh, snails. You, know, you don't pocket, go hanging out around uh, the, the showground today. There's people saying, "Send along your little." That's pet. it, yeah. Send along your pest to live in my long pile. But you could make a decent bit of rent out of that. You could indeed renting people's pests. Okay, different things like slugs are so much. Come on, well, guys, let's go. Let's go and have a look. You see the sunflowers, Terry. And Mark, you know those. Uh, those were seeded last year, you know, and they uh, they've just deteriorated beautifully. And in fact, there's there's not a seed left in that. That's a bizarre. It's deteriorated beautifully. They're still exactly there. They were about three months ago. You see, there's not a seed there, and there, there's any. But because essentially, you know, this, this garden is in the middle of a field in the middle of winter. So right. Of course, there's uh, anything that has a mind to can come in here and, and feast on all the opportunities as a garden. And hosts for them, and, uh, and it's a great thing. I mean, sunflowers are so easy to grow. You know, you plant a little seed, and something that the kids can do: plant a little seed in a pot, put it out there, and and you will have thousands of seeds off the back of that. So it's something that looks beautiful, but transforms into a very inexpensive bird feeder. That's true. That's true. I can't argue that. You, point. Have you ever grown sunflowers on the allotment? No, never grown sunflowers on the allotment. Are you coming through, Mark? Are you, uh, are you I mean, attached? You're you're attached. Attached. You're, you're attached. That far, but, uh, I just wanted to. I'm just going to take Terry to look at these uh, these bee boxes because, of course, we put one 
right? On the allotment, didn't we? We did, but at the moment... And, uh, how's it's it going? Is it doing... No, it is still as pristine as the day it went out. OK, I, I, what, I, what I'm finding particularly interesting so here is why, is why there are mealworms in this bee box. <laughs> how did they get <laughs> well, in there? On a day like the day, where's the best place to ice? Quite I'm not sure what's going on there, because... Well, it may be... No, aren't they always a plug with a bit of clay? Are they actually... Bees inside there, there are. are the larvae in yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly right. So right. you can see whether they've been occupied. So when, when they when they they hatch out, they actually push that plug out and fly away. So the plug is ready. That's exactly work. what they do. They uh, the, the adults would uh, masticate them. Uh, be careful the way I use that. Yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's um, dangerous word. Yes, right. Masticating. Yeah. Yeah. You say. How did we lost? Funny how that feels to us and to you, but they're bees they will they almost certainly uh, put a little mud plug in the, in the back right. of the stem so, so whilst you so can there's see one little solitary larvae in there then? no there will be probably several in a series, oh, series right. of capillaries right to the front of each of these uh, oh, so they, they, they one will go in plug one will go in plug one will go in plug oh the poor devil in the back yeah. open. well it, it, for a long time that wasn't uh, that wasn't realised you know but what happened is a, a glass a sort of perspex inspection side was put on a, one of these things and uh, and, a, and someone was able to observe the, uh, the bee behaviour so when they emerged they realised that the one at the back nibbled through the mud plug because obviously the one at the back gets laid first if yeah, it's when it's, it's conceived and, uh, and it bites the bum of its sibling in front of it you know it sort of harasses it to do exactly the same thing oh, so you'll have a big mass exodus all together all so at the same it. time yeah, yeah, even though these at the front other being, might be laid a lot later yeah. than the ones behind yeah they just uh, they hustle they're hustled out by their uh, by their siblings behind them oh, so, right. yeah. well mine hasn't got that effect yet so I'm a, so what, what they will do? They will do certainly. Well, these are these are well, this got got little letterbox you got here. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a letterbox full of bark. And really, you know, something like this is ideal for someone in a, in a relatively small urban garden. I mean, obviously, people in, in large rural spaces will put these things up as well. But they make a great habitat for hibernating inverts. You know, you will find all sorts of creatures sort of ensconced there during the winter time, especially with this lovely uh, moisture retentive sequoia bark. You know, it's always necessary to get the right type of bark but this kind of fluffy bark really lends itself to because uh, so inverts what would tend to in, enjoy what would in moist conditions in order to uh, hibernate in so what would live in anything from lace wings to ladybirds to queen wasps oh, right. to so earwigs millipedes centipedes they're a whole so it world a bit of, of a hostel then doesn't yeah, it yeah yeah absolutely hostel. have you got yeah. any uh, have you got any bug box in your garden Mark yeah the ones with the tubes in I use the uh, teasels Come the oh, autumn cool. time, use yeah. the teasel tubes and right. put them to size and then put them in the Excellent. boxes here. So. Yeah, and that works okay. Yeah, it's been very effective. There's all sorts in there. The, the um, People often ask, you know, what what could I use for a hollow tube? And obviously bamboo is is, uh, is something that's fairly easy to get hold of, but it's yeah. something that you, equally that you have to pay for. So to use use teasels and Japanese knotweed, if you're unfortunate enough to oh, have it grown in the garden. Or, that's one, or that's cow parsley, parsley. That must be the only practical use from Japanese knotweed. But I think the most important thing with those hollow stems is that they're smooth bored that's right. the most important thing because bees don't like a rough uh, sort of surrounding smooth, right. yeah, like, it's like a woman you know, she likes a nice smooth hand on her inner thigh uh, as you said you brought that worm that um, salty bee thing down for me sometimes well, nothing's moved in yet right. I can see why you know right, okay. I haven't got the sign I mean, <laughs> you actually got a, you've got a, a, a Tillette sign here which says <laughs> right, yeah. B&B for bees indeed, see, indeed I, yeah. haven't, I haven't got that put up you see, so right. how do they know mine's there well, I mean, they, they obviously fly along and they say oh there's a B&B they do charge for that are they, is that free <laughs> they come I, I've seen uh, I've seen well, oh, strange enough I haven't experienced that exact scenario but, <coughs> but equally you know it's, uh, it's, it's, it sort of certainly fires the imagination 
destination of passing. So I, I need to get one of these signs now, do I? I think I think you should. In fact, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have some signage on the allotment of sorts. Am I going to have something? We got that one. Please park prettily. Especially as you know, as your, <laughs> you know, as your celebrity status increases to to grow and grow, and the, and the, the likelihood of more visitors to the allotment, a bit of signage, a bit of a Walton interpretation might be a useful thing. Well, I know, I definitely need one of them because nothing's taken up residence yet. I mean, they are flying around the valley looking for this solitary bee nest, and they have not found a sign. Yeah. So I mean, I, I need that before I go today. You see this uh, this space here. I mean, uh, what Jody was able to do. Well, was, this was, space was, looks slightly different to the rest. Of the yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't know at all. You're not using your imagination as well. I, I, I detect a, a, just a hint of sarcasm in your in your tone. Well, I mean, if, if this was my allotment, we'd throw me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the idea is to is not to grow spuds, is to grow uh, all it's, sorts. It's all of, is edible. Uh, all sorts of flora, and and uh, you know. You We've got a mix here of, uh, of various things. No, I wouldn't say it was all... Uh, in fact, there's some globe flowers over there, I noticed, in the marshy area, which have decidedly poisonous. But you see, this... What's this here? OK. Tell me what this is. You know, what's that, Mark? Do you know what that is? That's, That's margarine, isn't it? Me. Antirhinium. <laughs> well, it could be, could be an antirhinium. Is that margarine? Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, smack on. Yeah, margarine. Margarine is one of the best bee plants imaginable. You know, it spreads itself out. It's inundated with flowers, very rich in well, pollen and nectar. And of course, you can eat it as well. That's not. You get, it's, not there, it's, it's, not, it's not out yet. Not quite. It's not out yet. I mean, you, and, just uh, the, you just give these listeners the impression that was inundated with flowers. <laughs> well, this is this is radio. Well, I am you. Not so to I am you. <laughs> <laughs> this is radio. We make things up every week. I know. I, I do that on radio too. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm all too, uh, too, too aware of it. <laughs> I've been known you for for as long as I have now. Yeah. Uh, and what do you think of that space over there? You see. Uh, back in the winter, I came along and I, I dug that. Uh, essentially, uh, I think we've called it. I think we call it a rain gun, uh, or sometimes gun, it gets it? called a, a moisture retentive area. Oh, <laughs> but but essentially, it's a yeah, bog gun. But essentially, it's a, it's a pond full of soil. It obviously full of, uh, of water, forget me not. A ragged don't, robin don't does the frogs especially well. Diesels and laying their like eggs that. and everything. Yeah, but we, you see, we had problems here. We weren't allowed to put in something that contained standing water. So that uh, so even though the whole site tends to contain standing water, <laughs> there's plenty of puddles. No, yeah, 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 not allowed to deliberately create it. No, no, only, only generally do it. Yeah. You but what, puddles, do you, what do you think of that? No, precisely right, precisely <laughs> right. Yeah, but you see, there's all sorts of stuff going in there, isn't there? I mean, you know, you've got you've got the ladies' smock, and there's some water avens. You know, that lovely mat, and of course. Well, that's obviously the first year that, that that's been put in. So next year, as this is a perpetually evolving space, as any garden should be, it will be a rich mat of colour. It will be an entirely different animal altogether. But so I'm particularly pleased that. And Jodie came along and, and did some wonderful planting there. So that's good stuff. I take some good ones. <laughs> you take some convincing. So generally speaking, I mean, like, you know, be, be honest with me now. What do you think? I mean, if you want a lazy garden, you can wander <laughs> around, don't have to get the lawnmower, you don't have to do anything. I mean, you can just sort of create what it is. This is perfect. All right, you well. Can, you can sit here and sit beer all day and watch the grass grow. That's, got, that's what I call real good gardening. Well, I think... I'm well, not, the other I'm thing just, mean, what, what just, I mean, you see, we've got chicken. Chicken. And these lovely no, mushroom what rings, what wild mushroom rings. Oh, what these, these are for what the, we'll do these is these just, are for uh, the norms to sit on. Where's the norms? The norms. I just have a little... Well, you 
use your imagination, Terry. You know, <laughs> you seem to be struggling with that. Is, is, is this a maze? Is it? You've got to go. You wander around it and precisely. The yeah, there you are. You see? You see? Look, see oh, I see you. You're right entertained that. by that. Seems like you've got that right to the centre. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm in the middle though. He's too I'm tall. Though. We can see over the top. Oh, that's no, no, that's I mean, right, it's yeah. a bit low. It is for me, isn't it? You'd have to be a leprechaun to get lost in there, wouldn't leprechaun? But you see the little shiitake mushrooms coming out of these. Precisely, and you know, shiitake mushrooms. Have you eaten shiitake mushrooms? I'm sure you have. I've eaten shiitake mushrooms. Yeah, and they're beautiful things. I mean, yeah. you, you know, obviously, uh, the fungi you see it emerging now on these logs, and I think some of that might well be going home for the frying pan at the end of the week. Yeah, it was like a bit beautiful. of potashi and shiitake together. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's a good Japanese meal. Uh, I think. And on that note, I think we should uh, we should we should all say we should all say bye bye. Here's looking forward to uh, to the Marky Ecclestone habitat pile creation later on today. Really Should be looking, awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing that pile of logs and pipes creating some work of art. Oh. This could be worth millions, you know. Somebody might make a bid for that. You know, you've seen these sets of the Tate Gallery who wins these big awards, you know. There's your chance, Mark. That's it, I'm, I'm you know, going for it. You've got um, your foot on the ladder, you know. <laughs> you've got the materials, you've just got to create the work. Bye-bye, listener. Bye-bye. <laughs> Try now.